Welcome back, everyone. What is up, you guys? What's up, you guys? Hey, guys, welcome. Welcome to VGRX Video Game Pharmacy, your weekly dose of video game news and knowledge. And welcome to another episode of VGRX, your weekly dose of video game knowledge, know-how, news, and anything else we decide we want to talk about that day. Thanks for joining us again. Welcome to VGRX. This is your weekly dose of video game news and insight. To video game pharmacy, your weekly dose of video game news and banter. The pharmacy is now open. Yo, what is up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of VGRX, your weekly dose of video game news, knowledge, and know-how, and sometimes trivia, when we feel like it. That's true. Welcome, uh, Britton. Thanks, man. Zach. Yay! Dan. Hi. Thank you all for coming. I'm Scott. Hi, Scott. Uh, we appreciate your guys' collective collectiveness collective ears thank you that's the word i was looking for and you lending them to us and um, this i like that what yeah. we're gonna rename the, the show to collective we're not i feel like that. we can at this point video it's game collectiveness late. we're in too Ooh, deep man yikes yikes hey uh britain hey man what's that thing you got right there on hey, the man i never gotta ask so but. zach brought me a tasty beverage okay and it's it's odd but i kind of like it yeah yeah oh. it's really cool it, it looks it, like a soda from fallout it does. It looks like it? a Nuka Cola, except Nuka Cola glows, and this doesn't. Unfortunately, well, Nuka Cola Quantum cool. glows. Nuka Cola oh, does. Not. I just got schooled so yeah. hard on Fallout lore. Just I deserve a fan. that. Uh, they describe it as a sweet, bubbly espresso. Oh, that's exactly. What I it thought is. it was an alcoholic beverage. No, it's not. No, 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 I've no. never had carbonated coffee before. It's kind of weird, but I kind of want to try some. Go for it. Can I? Yeah. Okay. I warn you, it's lukewarm. Uh, yeah, it's been in my backpack kind of a couple hours. Back pocket? What? Backpack. <laughs> oh, good. Backpack. He's chugging it. We're getting live reaction here. Wow. You like that? That is... Because it almost tastes like a it's soda. It's interesting, right? You, it, it tastes like a soda when you first, put it, first drink it, mm-hmm. and then after it that, up. it's just coffee. Yeah. Yeah. The fuzz is gone. Yeah. It, that's it's so called weird. frizz coffee. And if you look close at the O in coffee, yeah. it's like a little broken coffee bean. It looks almost like the Pepsi logo. Wow. So they may have a lawsuit on their hands pretty soon. This stuff's going off oh, the no. market. It's been around for like a I while. Okay. <laughs> I have Avicii's... Uh, product of Italy. symbol on my arm mm-hmm. uh, as lettering. Does that count as copyright? Yeah, they're going to take that arm. Dang it. For sure. <laughs> Dang it. I guess my tribute arm is gone. Um, hey, guys. Yeah, we're hey. here to talk about video games, not drinkable soda coffee you brought it up. and can, uh Can tattoos. you explain what we're going to do today and how we're going to do it? Uh, so we are going to do uh, something different. Um, this is episode 61, <laughs> I believe. Yep. So basically, we've kind of been changing the format as we go along. Yeah, um, playing with it. We were, yeah, we're definitely playing with it. I feel like last week was kind of a, it was a good experiment. So what we normally do is we have a list of news topics that we want to talk about and um, potentially have time to talk about things at the end. Um, but sometimes we just have weeks where all we have is just a crap ton of news and no time to talk at yeah, all. We've typically yeah. throughout the week just put every story that's worth mentioning yep. on this list so, and try to get through it. So instead of doing that, what we're going to do, and it kind of saves you guys at home uh, the having to listen to us just talk about news all the time. Uh, we're going to each one or each all four of us are going to choose uh, one topic that we would like to talk about this week. And uh, talk about it, and then uh, after that, if we have time for banter, which most likely we will, we'll yeah, talk about just you know what's uh, what's going on in our lives or in like the video game world, and um, something that may or may not be news or something gardening. About. Absolutely not. <sighs> oh, Unless hey. it's uh, Plants versus 
big Zombies. mood. <laughs> nice. <laughs> big oof, if Fine. you will. Be that way. Um, but yeah, that's how we're going to do it. Uh, we're going to kind of play around with the formula and see how it works out and uh, go from there. So. Yeah, we, we enjoyed last week a lot. Yeah, so. last week was fun. We just kind of, you know, each picks a story and then talked about a, yeah some YouTube stuff, which for me personally was really cool. I really enjoyed that trust. conversation yeah, a lot, it was. Even, even listening to it. So if you guys have any thoughts, comments, or concerns, uh, don't forget to let us know. Um, at VGRX or Video Game Pharmacy yeah, you can find at us Twitter. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Video Game Pharmacy on Twitter. Shoot us a tweet. Uh, we want to we hear from you guys. We really do. Yeah. I feel like that's something that we need to start doing too is we need to start mentioning our social media throughout the show and not just the end. All right. Okay. Boom. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so who wants to start off this new format? This new format? I think yeah. Zach should. Okay. I think I should. You were the one who came up with the idea. And he's we're, got the biggest story of the week. We're putting you on the spot. Wait, right. I don't know, uh, Scott. I don't know yours and I don't know yours, Dan. I'm assuming Zach's is the biggest of the week. Mine, it's huge. Mine's probably, probably not the biggest. Yeah, right. mine's definitely not <laughs> I'm the excited biggest. about got, it. Got it. All right. I'm kind of nervous here, which doesn't... It's kind don't of worn be. off, so I'm kind of nervous. Hey, no pressure. All right. Thanks. I yeah, don't worry. That. Only tens of millions of people are Potentially Could you listening. imagine though? Like we think we're low key, but we actually have. A <laughs> we're actually like base. on different like several billion people. Yes, yeah, several. Oof. Oof. I don't like it. All right. Oof. So uh, this week we have a uh, GDC, which is the Game Developers Conference, uh, is happening, and then with that, that's uh, all the game studios, game devs, the industry insider people, um, all meet up and they talk. Uh, video games and how to make them and different tools and assets and things like that. But along with that, sometimes we get some really big announcements. Uh, this week, uh, we were kind of expecting Google to announce something, and they did on Tuesday, correct? Yeah. On Tuesday, they announced they are they have a new game system, uh, not a physical console, but new streaming system platform called Google, or just called Stadia. Stadia. Stadia, yeah. Um, and so basically, it's something that uh, has been tried before, uh, but... They are basically developing a system and an infrastructure network to basically allow you to stream games to any device. So TV, phone, laptop, PC, everything uh, with uh, different control compatibility. So a controller, mouse and keyboard, um, and everything like that. Uh, but th- with that, their infrastructure basically is the backbone and what's different from everybody else. So instead of having servers, you know, spotted around the country, around the globe, allowing for poor latency and poor support, uh, they're using their massive network because they're Google uh, to basically support Stadia. Um, so they're saying they're allowing 1080p and 4K at 60 frames per second, uh, full surround and HDR um, f- support. So mm-hmm. regardless of where you're at or what you're doing, they're allowing that. Um, did they get into? I don't want to derail you too soon. Yeah, but no, did, you're okay. did they get into um, like network requirements for this on the user end? No, no. They I they didn't were hear saying them say anything they were about saying that. even with the the slowest uh, you know hardware mm-hmm. and with the slowest internet connection. Yep. That their system is going to work. Wow, uh, That's such a big claim. Yeah. So basically, what they're doing is they they partnered uh, with AMD to build a uh, custom GPU. Which is ends up being faster than both PS4 Pro and Xbox One X. Mm-hmm. Um, they were talking about teraflops. They I were. Don't, they were. I don't. Teraflops has been around forever, but I don't know right. what it consists of. But they yeah. say ten point one teraflops compared to like six and four. Six and four. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, they partnered with Unity and Unreal engines. Uh, they partnered with the Havoc physics engine. Mm-hmm. So they have really good support for their systems. Um, and then one thing that really, like, really, really threw me off is that they're saying that. Basically, their service, their infrastructure for Stadia is going to be separate of the public internet. 
Huh. Which is like, how how do they do that? But I don't doubt it, though. Well, I know Google has Google Fiber in yeah, place, absolutely. right? That's yeah. an infrastructure that they've been working on a long time and building yeah. up around the country. But I mean, I wish we had it here. We're in a, a pretty major tech hub of the country or mm-hmm. close to it, and we don't have it around here. Nope, so we don't. Yeah. It it seems like that's still in its pretty early stages. So do I don't you know, know what, why we don't have it here? No, tell me. Uh, so basically, Google Fiber is essentially a line that has to be directly run to you. Mm-hmm. So the only really places they have is very, very open areas. Kind of, yeah, it's it's because it's brand new infrastructure that no one else is building. So for the most part, uh, any like internet companies, internet providers can like. They can use each other's infrastructure. That's why Comcast is so big is that a lot of smaller uh, providers will piggyback off of Comcast network so they don't have to put out any infrastructure. But Google Fiber is putting out infrastructure that doesn't exist anywhere. So it takes a long time to get it put in. And so they they haven't gotten around to putting it into a mm-hmm. lot of places that probably could benefit from it. Then that's clearly um, not what they're talking about here. Right. No, this yeah. infrastructure that this, this is, is a different thing. their own separate from the complete public. Wow. And they uh, during the press conference they were touting that they have, you know, 7200 geodes or whatever, whatever that means across mm-hmm. the globe and they showed this big giant map dotted with different points, you know. Right. And I really think in in the end this is how it's going to work is that their server infrastructure and where they have servers all over the country is going to mm-hmm. allow for better service. Yeah. But whether or not it's actually going to work is another question. Right. Um, they even, and this is a paraphrase, but they basically said nowadays with 100 player battle rails with their system, their network and their server side hardware. Yeah. Maybe it's possible that they will be able to do like a thousand player battle right yeah. now. Oh God. And that's absolutely Too much. insane. Imagine chicken dinnering that. Think think of the thousand player Tetris games you could play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be, I was taking a be, drink. Uh, I know, right? I love it'd be nine hundred ninety nine actually. Oh sorry, sorry, Tetris nine hundred ninety nine. Doesn't roll I mean, off the tongue as much though. I'd play right. it day one. So, so the cool Tetris thing. Tetris 999. <laughs> so the cool thing is that this is all server side. You expect a lot because Google, they have a good infrastructure. You can pick up anything and play it. Mm-hmm. So if you see it online, if you see it on your phone, if you see it on YouTube, you can pick this game up. You can click play now. Yeah. And there's no downloading. There's no updates. You click and you instantly start playing They said it. something like with, within five seconds. When they were showing the Absolutely, YouTube yeah. integration, the yeah. guy was watching a YouTube video and he clicked play now. And they said within five seconds you could be in the game playing it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they say you're instantly uh, supposed to be able to play it. Um, and then with that, the they tell that this is going to be continually updated, improved. Um, and depending on the developers, the game, and the, the players themselves, um, you know, on their needs. So this brought up a thought to my mind is... If this can be continually updated instead of a full solid console that needs to be you know remade and rethought of every eight nine years right. now, they can just upgrade the hardware on the backside. They're and still doing it. They're still performing the upgrades. We're just not seeing it. We're as just the not end seeing user. it. Yeah. And with that, say a developer wants to go through and upgrade a game, they can they can come up with those upgrades, improve the hardware that is running the game on the server side. Mm-hmm. And then you just get a better game that they can just update and improve the graphics on. So does this mean, like, is console coming to an end? The if, end of if, generational end consoles. Of generational consoles. Yeah. And then our game's going to last longer now that there can be full constant support for it. I don't know. You know? It scares me a lot, you guys. Mm. I, uh, 
I don't think it'll be the end of consoles because consoles are such like a mainstay thing. I agree. Nowadays. I agree, with that. I agree uh, with that. There's something about having physically in front of like. Th- remember when the Xbox One first came out and everyone lost their minds about having to have a console that was online all, all the, the time? time. Absolutely. Yeah. This is the same exact thing. It's true. That was like eight years ago. Yeah. And technology changes fast, and people's perception of technology changes fast. But it's still like this was. That was a big thing that people had a problem with. That's yeah, true. Th- I don't see a difference here. And like Zach mentioned, this has been tried before. The first example I can think of is OnLive. The yeah. first mainstream yeah. example. Yep. They basically launched a little box with no hardware components of its own in it that plugged into your TV, connected to the internet, and would stream games to you. It had its own dedicated controller. And it had sort of like a subscription model. You wouldn't actually yep. buy games. You would subscribe to their service and have access to a library of games. But... Obviously, back then, the network infrastructure was the issue. That was the holdup. There was latency between the time you would push the button and your character would respond on screen. In some cases, the games were playable, but for games like shooters that require very precise controls, it just didn't work. Absolutely. If they can solve for that, which it's Google, they can probably solve for that, this could be be us moving in that direction officially. Yeah. And if the market embraces it, if the gamer market embraces it, then maybe it could mean a dramatic change away from the things we're used to. And in the end, I'm saying that it's possible. We just have to wait and see if it's actually, if they're capable of doing it. And they they showed uh, tests and stuff that they've done, but you don't know how they set up that network. If the network is close by, you know, just provide good support for the show, Mm -hmm. for their demo, or if they actually, you know, tried it in real world situations. Um, And then along with that, they came out and announced a new first party controller that they made themselves. Um, Google? Google did, yeah. Hmm. Uh, so it's a white controller. It looks like a combo between like a, a Nintendo Switch Pro controller and a PS4 controller. Pretty straightforward, yeah. It's pretty straightforward. Buttons, triggers, all that good stuff. But they added a, uh, which is really cool, uh, a Google button to the controller. So you hit that Google button and say whatever you want. Say you're having trouble with the game. You can use a controller to pull up help mm-hmm. real quick. Google, now, enable God mode. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I mean... It's typical Google support, like you're going to you know, just hit a button and just ask, and they're going to use their, their Google powers to basically help you with whatever part you're doing or, or whatever, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Um, but this controller is a little bit different. Instead of you know being connected to a device or something like that, it's going to connect to your Wi-Fi and then communicate with the Stadia servers directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so instead of having to go through another device and then communicate through the web, it's going to try and communicate quickly straight to the Stadia servers so there's no latency or... You know, that kind of thing. Does that mean Man, whatever box sh- or device you're streaming through has a separate connection to the platform and that's how the video is being sent? It's, yeah, it's almost like so. the controller and the video are being are conversing with the network independently yeah, of each absolutely, other. Absolutely, yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Just think I mean, that's how a way much to solve for latency. Think I guess. about how much battery something like that would just eat up. Because if it's trying to connect to the internet, know, I it doubt is, it. It's NBs. a thick boy, though. Yeah, it's so, thick. It's a thick boy. It's a I thick think, boy. Okay. I don't worry about battery life. I don't think that's going to be an issue. It can't be as bad as the giant glowing light on the top of the PS4 controller that drains the battery. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I turned true. it off. Yeah. You can I've, turn it off? Yeah, you said it's... What? Yeah, I, see that, I thought you that, could that, dim it. Did they change it so you can turn I think it off you can turn it off, yep. Like he just changed Scott's life. Yeah, yeah no. dude, look. I just blew your mind. <laughs> I, I am not a PlayStation Pro, so I I know very little about the, the whole console. <laughs> um, they did all say that, also say that Stadia will have support for other controllers, Yeah, right? absolutely. I was just about to mention they that. Did, they so. said USB, though. USB support. They didn't say Bluetooth controllers. They said USB. Yeah. So it'll have to be controllers that can be plugged I, in directly. I bet, you, I bet you that that's moddable. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or via dongle that communicate. Dong- you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a, like a Bluetooth dongle. dongle. Can- but like, I mean, there's. I know when I was looking into like music recording stuff, there are virtual cables. And that's the way that it's described when you're like using the program because you're essentially like, you know, normally like the output is from the end of a guitar and the input is into an amp. And it's just the computer has all of those things on the inside. So the output is from, you know, your Skype call and your input is to your program that you're using to record. So like virtual representations of physical things totally exist. Probably not. Probably not a big barrier. I bet you there's a way to make Bluetooth point at a quote USB port. Yeah, yeah, um, no doubt. So with that I know PS4 is Bluetooth, uh the Xbox Pro controller is mm-hmm. Bluetooth. I know the Switch controller is Bluetooth. So I'm right. I'm thinking if you're playing a PC, you might be able to connect it through Bluetooth or through your phone. Yep. Um, but we'll see how that will actually work when it's interacting with the Stadia system. Yep. You can connect all of them to be via USB though. Can you? Yeah. yeah. You just plug it like um the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox 1 has a um Lightning jack on the top, and then the uh, switch has the USB C. Yeah, the USB C. So they can both they can be all be a connected wired. Um, but who does that anymore? I, mean, I do, like, I do when my battery's dying. Ouch. So uh, some more news that they announced. They announced a studio, uh, Stu- uh, Stadia Games Entertainment. So Google's very first uh, game studio. Cool. Um, and then at GDC at the conference, they were saying, uh, you know, devs can now sign up to apply, mm-hmm. in, you know, work with Stadia and work with the game does studio. That, does that make it seem like they haven't been already contacting developers to get people working a little on bit? The like, yeah. Like why would they? Why would they go through and announce say, hey, you guys can now get a hold of us? I mean, yeah. maybe they wanted it super tight lipped and didn't want it to get out at all. Yes, but I mean. You got to get developers involved very early, way before launch. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they have, and this is just them being tight-lipped. But it sounds like maybe they're just now reaching out for that support, which could be a problem. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so they have that, and then uh, a, like kind of like the final last part is uh, they're really big. So Google owns YouTube, um, and then YouTube obviously has a lot of gaming uh, channels and people on it that you follow and want to play with. And instead of trying to get a hold of them and you know play with them or uh, maybe try and get into a match with them, they announced that basically you through Stadia can uh, log on and then choose to queue up and play with your favorite creator. And then all huh. those controls are there for the YouTube creator on the back end for them to you know set up queues, times, and all that kind of stuff. Wow. So basically, your the interactability for the creators on YouTube, you know, is there as well. So you get in line for a week to play with Ninja. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Interesting. Um, so I'm excited for it. I, we'll see if it is uh, actually going to work out. It's coming this year, 2019, um, and then yeah. Okay. Cross platform. This year, play. yeah. yeah that, again, that. that makes me worry that like. Have you gotten games on board? Because there was so much tech in this presentation and almost no software. They had id on stage at one point, somebody from id. And I don't know if they're talking about maybe Doom Eternal, something specific. That's, I think, the very first game announced for Stadia is Doom Eternal. I forgot to mention that. But you do need, I mean, this is a new dedicated platform with unique specs. You need developers fine-tuning their software for it. Absolutely. And hopefully yeah. it's an easy conversion. It's Linux-based, I believe, right? Yeah, Linux-based. And they talked about support for Unreal Engine and Unity, Unity. and Physics and all this and stuff. Havoc, yep. Havoc, yeah. Yep. So um, the, that, all that integration is there, but you still want developers already fine-tuning their games to run as, as good as possible on this platform. Yep. That's something that will improve over time, but developers also have to be willing to do that because they're already doing this stuff for multiple platforms for PC 
Xbox, uh, PlayStation, to add another platform and expect developers to get on board and get all excited about it. I hope they're you know, really trying to work with them. If they're just expecting all these developers to want to jump on and, get, and you know, get on board with it, then I, I don't know if they're in for a rude awakening or not. Yeah. Also, they didn't talk at all about monetization whatsoever. Yeah, what, what you're going to so, pay, what the controller costs, yeah. it, you know, anything like that. I tried finding some information on maybe buying some stuff, but uh, the link to, like, the Google store to get the controller, it just goes mm-hmm. to, like, a fact page. Okay. Um, so yeah. there's just nothing yet. There's I mean, are we renting these games? Are we doing a subscription package where we just have access to a bunch of stream content? Are we buying content? them and have a library like yeah. Steam? Uh, they did mention, it was very slight. It wasn't, like I don't think, intentional. Uh, but they said something about a market. Okay. So like a stadium market. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, if they can do this successfully and have you know games streamed and it works, mm-hmm. it, you know why not have a market and you just pull up any game anytime and play it anytime, anywhere? I don't know how I feel about not... Physic or not sorry, physically is not the right word, not actually owning the games themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So if they do set up a system where a game is twenty to sixty bucks and you pay for it and then you have unlimited access to it, but it's still only ever in the cloud, it's not actually ever physically stored anywhere for you. I feel a detachment from ownership of that. Yeah. I think that would bother me. That might not bother most people, but yeah. it's funny coming from me because I'm all about digital, but I still have ownership over the digital titles that I have on my systems, you know? But this is all stored elsewhere. So I mean, it's a, I, I, it's account based, obviously. So you're going to mm-hmm. have your account. But is this going to be like just like the Steam Store or the PlayStation Store? Are yeah. you going to have a specific market where you can go and find these games that are connected to your account? Yeah. I mean, I feel like you could. There's a possibility of it, but I yeah. we'll just have to see. It's all speculation. If it, right was, now. if it was like subscription based and you had access to a huge library, it would have to be outrageously expensive to supplant you paying sixty dollars to these developers for their products. You know. Yeah. So they'd either have to work out some crazy deals with lots of different developers or give you a way to actually purchase titles and and own them. Because I don't think, along with uh, OnLive, OnLive wasn't doing, like, brand new games that were coming out. They were all older generation games. Yeah, they had a library of content that you had unlimited access to, but it was was oldish stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Cool story. So Stadia. Stadia. Okay. I don't like the name. Did uh, they talk about the name at all? It's Stadia. It's officially Stadia. Yeah. Yeah. Like why? I. The, yeah. Is it, it does something to do with stadium, like a group of people getting together for no, an event or no something idea. like that? No Interesting. Idea. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know the tech stuff is a little bit boring for some people, but the way the infrastructure works and the technology behind it kind of fascinates me. So I was yeah. excited to talk about it. A little I just bit. yeah. I hope it's not all tech and no substance because it really comes down to the games. And yeah, it really does. Unless they start talking about games really soon, I'm going to stay skeptical about the whole thing. And another thing too is like you talk about streamers like Ninja and all these guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have business internet and really high speeds, but you have to one stream a game through your network and then output you know more information all this stuff uh-huh. out of your network. And so, what kind of toll is that going to take? Is it going to you know be held up like? There's a lot to take into consideration here. It's true. Guys, I'm going to poll you all. On a scale of 1 to 10, mm-hmm. I'll ask you one at a time, how interested are you in Stadia at this point? Scott, go ahead. Um, I don't know. It, it's kind of a hard question to answer just because we don't know what's coming out of it yet. So, just assume everything they said is, is spot on, and it's going to work exactly how they, they pitched it. Six? Yeah? Five? Okay. Yeah. So, Dan... Uh, I kind of have two answers. Okay. On the personal excitement, like, am I going to use it standpoint? Uh-huh. I'm at like a three. Like, it's it it's kind of a cool idea, but I already 
I don't know. I use Steam. Yeah, and I already use other other platforms. I just I don't. I'm. I currently don't see myself jumping into this feat first. On the other hand, from like, if I take myself out of the equation and I just look at what it what it's doing to the landscape in general, like significantly higher. Like we're talking a seven or eight because whether it works or not, they're trying. They're trying new things, or they're trying things that have been tried before, but with the support of. Google, Google. Yeah. Mm-hmm. who is like, if anyone has the resources to make it happen, like Google is one of those companies. Yep. So uh, Could I, you, would, I am you, excited to see how it pans out. Do you think you'd prefer going forward to keep upgrading your PC every few years and rebuilding your own rig? Or do yes. you see the appeal of not having to do that anymore? That's half the and fun. just running every game at max settings without having to keep up with that. Because as a PC gamer, that's kind of where I would see the appeal in something like this. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm skeptical that I'm skeptical that the uh, consumer is completely off the hook for any sorts of upgrades at that point. Okay. Uh, and I imagine what I imagine is that the the requirements will change, but it's not that there won't be requirements. If that makes sense, I wonder. That, that's so my be, assumption. It sounds and like, like they're maybe, trying to make this as easy for the end user, right, user as possible. Right. And I just, I, I question how much you can take out. Yeah. yeah. Think, think about how much, think about, you can only do so much with software, but it's the limitation of hardware. But they are building basically a thousand stadias in each yeah. one of these access points yeah. and having yeah. them sit in a server the somewhere. Other, the other thing then is the latency. Yeah, that's um, huge. Which is like, I remember when when League of Legends had their their data center in Portland and I had like a 20-second ping, right? Because okay. we're not far. And and 20 seconds was... Or 20 seconds. 20 millisecond, um, which is great. Yeah. But when you're looking at 20 millisecond ping uh, for potentially any game that you play, like some games are built to be played with nothing because... They're on a console, right. and there are there are actually there are champions in in League of Legends that had to be changed because they were so performance intensive that someone with a lower ping actually had a higher skill cap because like if you had because at the time like people in Florida I think had like 110 or 130 or something mm. which is like it's still playable but it is a noticeable difference from 20 and there there were one or two champs they actually could not play at the same level as someone who was on the west coast right so uh there are games that are built without like tight level of responsiveness yeah so i would question the ability for those types of games to exist. Then yeah. again, this is Google. So. Yeah, and they and they talked about uh, we'll, multiplayer. We'll and, see. And, yeah, we'll see. It's and, good to be skeptical. I yeah, think. and being able to make multiplayer work, but the big difference is that it's their servers, they're controlling it, and it's on their network. I don't know how the separation between public and private works, um, but I think that's the biggest I, difference. I have full faith that they'll be able to achieve like League of Legends level or any any other major uh-huh. uh, multiplayer game. They'll be able to achieve that level of. Uh, of uh, what synchronicity? I don't know yeah. exactly what the term would be, but they'll be able to get to that. I just, you know, I look at people who who play what is it, Super Smash Brothers Melee. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that, about how playing online and playing in person, it's slightly different. And when you're looking at that level of muscle memory, like it, it can make a huge difference. Yeah, just a just a few milliseconds. No doubt. Yeah, we'll like see if they are, solve for this that. This is a community that plays on uh, like older TVs. As opposed to newer ones, because they have slightly less lag. Like, <laughs> yeah, 
Um, I've got a tweet here, actually, on the topic of latency with Stadia uh-huh. from Tak Takashi Mochizuki. He's the Wall Street Journal reporter in Japan. And um, he says, people test playing Assassin's Creed on Stadia say level of latency is acceptable and game is quote-unquote playable. None of that is actually, or it's not like a ringing endorsement. It's yeah. not high praise. But This is that it works. Yeah, basically just that it works. And this is in optimal settings because this is people playing it at the show the way that they wanted to present it to the public. So I don't know if that maybe doesn't bode so well or if it's just a small test case and it doesn't mean much. So I kind of have two points. One's minor, one's kind of major. Okay. Uh, my minor one is that if I if I say, I'm like, you know, I have confidence in Google. I really want to try this. I don't care if I, I lose money on this. I just want to try it. I get Stadia and I, I buy a couple games mm-hmm. uh, that I really want to play and I get on and compare to console. If I get on, the controls are gooey. Yep. If the response is gooey and not really that quick or crisp, I'm not going to be interested. Absolutely. It needs to be crisp. It needs to be console level mm-hmm. for me to want to play it. Yeah. If I'm playing a single, play, single player game, like not online, offline, yep. and uh, it's gooey, I, I can't do it. Yeah. My major point that if this was a console, this mm-hmm. would be breaking news. And if it was a console, it wouldn't be announcing GDC. We would be hearing about it like E3 or like a big uh, Google presser. Yeah. You know. It would also be outrageously expensive. Probably. Because they're talking about it being close to double the power of either the Xbox One or the PlayStation 4. Yeah. And, I mean, those were, what are they right now, about 300 bucks each or mm-hmm. 400 respectively, depending on which version you buy. Um you can't launch an $800 console into the gaming market right now. Right now Suicide. No. It doesn't yeah. matter who you are. Yeah. So there's, it, it wouldn't have worked. I mean, based on what they're trying to build and the power they're trying to capture, it just wouldn't have worked. Yeah. So I get why they went completely digital, completely streaming. Yep. Yeah. Got a lot of mixed ideas here of what this is going to mean for gaming. I'm excited. I. You guys might be on the fence. But. I'm an old <laughs> codger and it scares me. <laughs> I, I, I like ownership. I like actually True. possessing, yeah. maybe not physically, but feeling an ownership over the things that I have. Having a console at home and having games on it that I can play that I know are mine feels good to me. So the fact that this is all in the cloud, it's also like nebulous and not tangible, it just bothers me a little bit. That's a generational thing, and I don't think that's true for most people. My last, my last question here is, if they provided PC players a way to download these games and play them on... Like the console, so you get access to Stadia Market, uh-huh. and you buy these games on their market and right. still download them or stream them. Okay, do you think that would help the situation at all? That might make more people receptive to at least trying it and playing around with it. Yeah, like I just if if I just bought you know Red Dead on my PlayStation and now I can also use it unlimited on Stadia. That's a cool promotion. Yeah, I don't know how you would cross promote that. Like if the consoles would be willing to work with Google on something like that. Probably not, because rumor has it they're all working on their own streaming solutions going forward, too. Yeah. So yeah. maybe they're looking at jumping into the same, the same market. And, and if that's the case, and Google has this insane infrastructure behind it, they're going to have a tough time. Yeah. Other than their, you know, their already established brands, Xbox and PlayStation. They were talking about cross-platform tools, but not necessarily cross-platform partnerships with other, yeah. other brands and so on and so forth. And I feel like this beat Microsoft to the punch, too, because we were hearing rumors about you know, a, a streaming console or device of some sort. Yep. So, yeah, we'll find out. Yep. We'll keep an eye on it. We there's will. there's not much to go on other than Google's word at this point. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, Britton, what do you got for us? Um, how? Uh, before I go, because uh-huh. mine's gonna take a little chunk of time too. Okay. Do Scott? Do you or Dan want to go next? Sure. I have no idea what you guys got, so I'm anxious. I'm curious to hear. Uh, what it is. Mine's mine's pretty chill, but it's you know it's something that's exciting for 
me, I guess, re- as of uh, recent game playing I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, sea of Thieves mm-hmm. uh, just put out their anniversary update video, their announcement trailer of like what they're going to be doing for uh, their anniversary. So uh, since the game launched, they've added a fair amount of stuff, right? So they had the Kraken when it launched, but now they've got roaming skeleton ships. They have a skeleton fleet that you can fight that I did for the first time yesterday. Cool. Which uh-huh. was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, because normally you only fight one ship at a time, but they'll like they'll pop up with two, and so there you are sailing, and you've got a skeleton galleon on either side of you, and you're just like, what? What do I do? That's good. Uh, but yeah, it's super fun. Um, they've added megalodons. Oh, cool. Um, they've added a variety of different ways that like the voyages and things can chain together, um, in in different formats. That it it helps to take what is ultimately you know the small handful of activities that you do on any given island and make them a little bit more exciting. Um, they added a whole new region before with volcanoes. So yeah. like now you have to take into account volcanoes and geysers and earthquakes and stuff happening while you're on an island. So a lot of cool stuff. Uh, so this time, this is the next big update, I guess, as far as content goes. Um, so the thing that excites me the most personally about this uh, is up till now, ships basically are a static thing. So your ship gets holes in it and it, and it gets water filling into it. So you have to patch the holes and then bail out the water. Uh, but other than that, the ships are the way they are the whole time. There's nothing else that you can do to impact how they're used, really. Um, so they're introducing uh, destructible ship parts, which uh, I imagine is more than just the single thing that I managed to spot in the video, but uh, you could see a mast falling over, which is like, I have been waiting for that to happen since the game launched. That's huge. Because that's like, I remember playing uh, Empire Total War, I believe it was, that had naval combat. And of course, it's Age of Exploration. So you're looking at those kinds of ships. And one of the things you could do is have your ships fire out like bola shot, where it's a couple cannonballs with a rope between. And those are designed to... Uh, go around a mast and rip it to shreds. Mm-hmm. And so then the mast falls over and now you've affected their ability to move anywhere. Right. Um, so I can imagine any number of other destructible parts on a ship. Uh, so I'm looking forward to more information on that. Can you blow still, holes in these ships and, and you know, cause uh, them to take on water? I mean, holes big enough holes, to allow water. In. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like you couldn't jump out the hole or in the hole. Oh, okay. But like, when you're, when you're firing cannons, like that's the way you affect the other ships is you hit them with cannonballs and, you, if you hit them with a cannonball and, and it blows a hole in a deck that is underwater, mm-hmm. then that deck starts taking on water. Got it, got it, okay. So um, it's part of the kind of the pacing of ship-to-ship combat. Is like, when do you just bail out water because it's filling in slowly, and when do you actually go and repair the stuff because it's filling in real fast? And then if it's filling in fast enough, you don't have time to repair it, which means you need someone else to do that mm-hmm. while you're bailing. Right, and it's okay. like there's there's kind of a, an ebb and flow to it that way. That's cool. Um, otherwise, uh, I, I pulled up a brief little um, collection of I guess I guess what what was in the video. Mm-hmm. Um, so quest campaigns are in. Not a whole lot of detail on that, but essentially um, every every voyage that you take now is just it. That's the whole voyage, and it'll last. A few chapters for some of them, but it's still, you go to a place, you get stuff, 
you collect that stuff, and then once you've gone to all the places and done all the things, you, the voyage is over, and then the bonus is being able to get all the stuff back and turning it in, because then you get more money and, and all that. But mm-hmm. um, there's been no actual campaign content. You can do those quests from day one, as long as you have someone that can go get them, and, yeah. and you go do them. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be an arena, which is kind of a PvP expansion, um, and it sounds like that's going to be essentially crews uh, competing against each other to gather as much treasure as possible in a limited amount of time. Uh, the community has built that as a as a way to compete with people already, um, but it's you know it's all manually done. So like you join a server and then you basically someone else joins servers until you end up in the same one, and then you go to the same place and you leave and you have 90 minutes to go gather as much treasure as possible, however you do it. Mm. And then you have to be back at the, at the same Island uh, by the end of that 90 minutes. And then you actually get extra time to then turn everything in. So like if you roll up at eight minutes and 45 seconds, you still get your like five to 10 minutes to turn it all in. Mm -hmm. But um, so now they're making that or something like that, a formalized experience. Okay, cool. Um, and then they're adding some subsystems, uh, hunting, uh, fishing, really? or harpoons, which is new, which like wouldn't even have been relevant when the game launched, but um, it was in the with a megalodon chasing the ship. Uh, you saw someone fire a harpoon at one, which, what is that going to do? <laughs> yeah, Who that knows? could be interesting. Um, and I'm sure that there's other stuff that wasn't as immediately evident, but, mm-hmm. but it's pretty exciting. When's this coming out? Or uh, is it a patch that ap- just hit? April. Okay. Yeah, they had a patch today because today is the um, is the anniversary. Got it. It mm-hmm. released a year ago today. Okay. Um, so they did have a, an update, but this this uh, update is coming out on April thirty. Got it. And and it's a free edition, so it's not DLC. It's not uh, an expansion. It's just more Sea of Thieves. You know, you know yeah. what I thought a while ago, and this is a reference uh, to the book. Uh, but I would like to see them bring Moby Dick. Maybe, maybe like real it, uh, legendary. Yeah, yeah, like a big giant whale that you know somehow a signal that can is I, coming that maybe jumps on your ship or like hits it. it. Can I? Can I give you a small piece of information that maybe may change your mind? Yeah. So there's megalodons of a few different colors. Yeah. And there are four that you run into relatively frequently, uh-huh. and then there's a fifth one, uh, which I believe it's a spectral one, but it's got like a, a white. Uh, glowing fin that you'll see in the water. Yeah. Now, megalodons will periodically appear and they'll circle your ship and occasionally they'll charge it. Yeah. Um, so when you're talking about like, you know, Moby Dick type of thing, um, that, that immediately comes to mind. The white one I've never seen before. It's hmm. like got a tiny, tiny chance to spawn anywhere. Uh, it's got apparently, allegedly, it has a higher chance to spawn in the foggy areas of the map, which... You can't see anything. Mm-hmm. I have I have straight run into islands before that I had no idea were there because I couldn't see them until they were, you know, less than a ship's length ahead of my ship. At which point it is far too late to be turning. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So you're just gonna ram the island. So like that exists. It's at least in a the reference game right now. <laughs> yeah. Um well, I mean, I would love to find one of those. Yeah, that'd be cool. It, but like Never seen one. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm just saying like a like a giant monster whale that poses a different type of threat that you know I mean, makes you fight in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Are there, it's just, it's a I giant guess it could be a cool shark, reference to have. Which yeah. is essentially, for our purposes, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, I think whales and sharks are pretty different. You know? I, know, <laughs> I know there's really good water physics in this game. Yeah. Are there whirlpools? Like giant whirlpools? No. Oh, be really so cool. I want to reenact the end of Pirates good of Caribbean water, 3. I would say there's good water visuals and uh-huh. as far as like the surface and like waves and how all of that works. Yeah. It's cool. Um, water physics does imply a little bit more than that's I think what they're doing. That's uh, true. Because yeah, there aren't whirlpools. There may be. Wouldn't that be point. fun? It would be. Yeah. Um, and like currents, as mm-hmm. I don't think that there are currents and if there are, they're small because I've never really noticed them affecting me. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, but they they get the they get the bits that are important. Yeah, cool for, for the experience. Sounds anyway. like fun. it's cool that people are still into this game a year later. Yeah, I didn't know if it would stick around based on early reception. So. I mean, at least it's not No Man's Sky. <laughs> they're you say they're that. prepping a big update. Honestly, too. are they? They're, no, they're prepping another one. Yeah, oh, yeah. No oh, Man's Sky is a good comparison too because both games yeah, yeah, launched yeah. and like No Man's Sky had a really negative reception, but both of them had a kind of at least a. a you know, where's where's the game? Like, is there more? And one had to both, have a company come in and save it, though. <laughs> and they both have a lot more. Yeah, it's true. So it's true. Hey guys, can I tell you about some games? Yeah, sure. please do. All right. So Nintendo. Oh, yeah. it, was, it wasn't wisdom. It wasn't exactly. It wasn't quite a direct, but they had a Nindies showcase, a spring Nindies showcase that aired today, uh-huh. and they announced a lot of really good content. So I'll run you guys through some of these games. Um, I'm not going to touch on all of them because they're not all remarkable, but there's some really good announcements here. They started off with something people have been waiting for a long time. It's been rumored for a few weeks. It makes a whole lot of sense. Spelunky 2? Oh. oh. Be still my heart. I, no, I hit there a nerve. There was bad. no mention of Spelunky in this entire thing, unfortunately. Um, it started with this kind of goofy, like, 40s, 50s era infomercial sort of thing about a guy teaching how to pour milk. Sounds okay. ridiculous. You got to watch it. Okay. Um, but it turned into an uh, announcement of Cuphead for Switch. Oh, okay. Oh. Cuphead's coming to Switch. And um, it looks 100% intact. It looks exactly like the Cuphead that we've seen up to this point only on Xbox and PC mm-hmm. because Microsoft owns the studio that makes that. And that's also what makes this a very remarkable announcement. Microsoft basically just said you can have one of our exclusives on your system. I can't think of a time that's happened before. Hmm. Unless you count Minecraft, which Microsoft acquired not long ago. Uh, and that's, I wouldn't, that's on a lot of platforms. I wouldn't consider Minecraft. Yeah. I, I still consider that a Mojang game. Yeah. And Microsoft sure. just owns Mojang. But I have been, I've been eyeing this game for such a long time, and I've been wanting to play it. But I got rid of my Xbox. I don't really play PC right now, so can't wait for the chance to play it. You guys have seen this, right? No. You know what Cuphead looks like? Yes. Yes. It's just it's stunning. There's no other game that looks like this. It's based on uh, 20s, 30s era animation cartoons yeah i've always always thought that that was a really cool way to animate a game yeah because like i don't know it's it that old style of cartoon i always kind of assumed that because it was you know by necessity hand-drawn like how do you how would you make a game like that but you hand draw it i guess yeah um there's a great video uh, by donkey actually where he talks about the animation in this game it's one of his more serious videos and he broke it down by like frame by frame, one of the boss fights, and he determined that in two seconds of this boss fight, there were something like 35 hand-drawn images of this boss in different poses. <clears throat> so the reason people don't do this often, like hand-drawn art like this in games, is because it's very time-consuming and no doubt expensive Yeah, but to, to get the result. But it's Cuphead definitely uh, 
it, it definitely won. Yeah. I, I can tell you it was definitely a very successful game. I hear it's real hard, too, so I'm looking yes. forward to that. I'm up for a challenge. Uh, that's coming out on April 18th. Um, do you guys like Stranger Things? Uh, I like the show. Stranger Things 3, bit, yeah. the game, is launching alongside the show uh. in July. And it's it looks it looks kind of bad. It's like an isometric brawler where you're kind of wandering around the town as some of the key characters and just beating up. Have stuff. you ever watched Stranger Things before? Yeah, I've watched both okay. seasons so far. They it's just great. announced the new uh, season three trailer. Oh, today. okay. I just yeah, you know what that was yesterday, and then they oh, waited it? they waited to announce the game today got because it. they said it's coming out in tandem. I just realized that I never got around to watching the second season of that. It's good. I you should watch it. Do that. You really should. Yeah. Um, a game called Red Lantern is coming, which looked really interesting. I got really strong Celeste vibes from this game. It's about a girl who's struggling with some probably mental and personal issues, mm-hmm. and she decides she's going to get a van, drive up to Alaska, and compete in the Iditarod. Or maybe not compete because she's a newbie. She just wants to do it and say she did it and get through it. So she's going to get a van, get some sled dogs, go up to Alaska, and do this race across the... So it's like Celeste. <laughs> the barren wasteland. Kind of, but it's, it's like a first-person experience. A okay. lot of it looks like you're um, at the helm of your sled with your team of dogs in front of you. And uh, there's some very dramatic moments in the trailer, like being attacked by a bear and things happening to your sled dogs. Mm. So it's both maybe a sim where you're managing your team of dogs, but also there's an emotional story here, too. Mm. Looks pretty cool. And uh, I think they said it's randomly generated, so the, your trek through this game could be different each time you play it. Keep an eye on that. It looks cool. Um, t- uh, your, your boy Tim Schafer made an appearance. Darn Did you know that? No. You didn't watch this, right? No, I didn't watch it. Okay, so there's a new game coming from Double Fine. Uh, it's called Rad, appropriately. And uh, th- it has kind of a double meaning. Um, the character has all kinds of attitude, and he's got like spiky hair and sunglasses and stuff. And he's wandering around, and he beats stuff up, right? Sounds like but a very Tim Schafer thing to it's do. It's also a futuristic, irradiated ra- wasteland. Okay. So he's irradiated, and he can parts of his body like mutate and transform into stuff like the creatures around him. Oh, cool. It's almost like you can get some of the abilities of the creatures around. You can grow tentacles and attack them with those and stuff like that. What? Yeah. So I, I wasn't blown away by the art style or the look of the combat, but I like the idea. Kind yeah. of a cool concept. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, Katana Zero is a side-scrolling beat-em-up. It kind of reminded me of Dead Cells a little bit. Very fast, fluid combat. And there's a time mechanic where people are shooting at you and you can kind of slow down time and hit their bullets with your katana and send them flying back at them. Maybe a little bit, but it is side-scrolling, kind of a retro look to it. Uh, Nuclear Throne is coming to Switch, which a lot of people have been waiting for for a long time. It's very much like Gungeon. It's a top-down, you know, 360-degree shooter. And uh, it looks like it has a lot in common with Gungeon. Does it have so. a lot of funky guns? Because that's like half the fun of Gungeon. It, there's a lot of guns. I don't know if there's like funky. hundreds and hundreds like there is in Gungeon. Sad. But yeah, uh, it, if, it may scratch that itch if you're looking for another experience kind of like that. Um, Super Crate Box, which is another platformer that's been around for a while, is coming to Switch finally as well. Um, my friend Pedro. Uh, have you guys ever played Stranglehold? No. Or Max Payne? No. Okay. I want to say, yeah. Well, it's like you're, you're holding two guns, you're running around, you're doing flips and stuff. Oh, aerial, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aerial ballet, basically, and you're just shooting everything in sight. Yeah. And then there's also a talking banana that tells you what to do. Cool. <laughs> so That seems like a normal Nintendo thing. Basically. Well, I don't know that Nintendo made any of this stuff. This is all third-party indie stuff that's coming. Um, let me blaze through a few of these because I don't know, I don't remember every single thing on this list. Um, Pine, 
looks pretty interesting. It's a huge open world game. Visually, it reminded me a little bit of Breath of the Wild, except there's uh, so you hate it. There's factions of no, no, not yet. There's, <laughs> okay, there's cool. factions of anthropomorphic animals in this world, like uh-huh. fox men and lizard men and alligator men. And they interact with each other. They either have alliances, they battle. And you're a human, as far as I can tell, the only human in this world. And you're kind of working your way through this wasteland and interacting with them. And they said that your choices, the way you interact with these factions, can influence the way that they populate the world and the way they interact with each other. I think I remember... Kind of simmy. I think I remember kind of seeing something about this. Yeah, this isn't the first time they've announced it. But yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, showed yeah. a lot more of it this time than last time they talked about it. I think it. I really liked the the design and the art style of the game. I was really interested in it, but I completely forgot about it up until this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, by all means, you guys, if you haven't watched this um, this video, go through it and watch it. There's a lot of cool stuff to see here. Um, there, there's something in there that I want you to talk about. Okay. Because on the doc, you said you mentioned something about Contra. Oh, yeah, that actually had nothing to do with this direct. Oh, did this, it? Uh, oh. This announcement trailer, yeah. Oh. No, that's unrelated, but I, it's, that's just a little news piece that okay. I can hit on okay, as yeah. well. I would love you. I would love for you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I can. There's a game called Neo Cab coming out uh-huh. where you're a cab driver in a futuristic fictional city in California, uh-huh. and you're interacting with a lot of weird people that get in your cab, <laughs> kind of like a graphic novel style thing almost. So it's like real life. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, just a day job. That yeah, sounds horrible, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> um, okay, the, the big stuff, you guys. Ooh. The big stuff. Oof. Are you excited? Yes. No. Get excited. Hurry up. This is how they ended. I'll ju- I'm going to jump straight to the end because this is, this is kind of what capped it off and was okay. really, really surprising and cool. Um, did you guys play uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer? Dan, I know you have. I have. I yeah. have not. Uh, no, I, I have a little bit, yeah. Okay. So you know what it is, yes, right? absolutely. So at the end, they're, they're kind of saying their goodbyes and the trailer's sort of, you know, or the, the video's sort of wrapping up. And then all of a sudden you hear this, this beat start in the background. Yeah. And it's a, kind of a techno beat. And pretty quickly, if you've played that game, you realize it's, it's one of the songs from that game, one of the early stages. And I love that game. It's awesome. It has great music. It has yeah. a lot of character. And you see um, the main character from that game, which looks kind of different. The art style has changed a little bit. And you're like, cool, another Necrodancer game. And then all of a sudden, this fanfare kicks in. This very iconic music kicks in. And after a second, I realize it's the Legend of Zelda overworld theme. Oh. Uh... And then they show two more characters up here, and it's Link and okay. Zelda. And this, this is, uh, it's not in a dungeon anymore. It's another game in that style, and it takes place kind of in an overworld. And you can tell that the, the, the color palette, the character design, the enemy design is very inspired by A Link to the Past. So it looks a lot more like an adventure game rather than a dungeon crawler, maybe not a roguelike this time around. But you can play as Link, you can play as Zelda. They have unique combat abilities, but it still has that rhythm-based combat that the original game had. So there's this constant beat happening throughout the game, and every action you take, everything you do, is along with that beat. And they've incorporated Zelda into it. So it's called Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer featuring The Legend of Zelda. So I'm really looking forward to that. So it's just another Crypt of the Necrodancer featuring Nintendo properties. It's it looks. Do you think far, it's going to be it a looks new game? Way different than okay. the Crypt of the. Ne- yeah, the art style has completely changed. In fact, I I hate to say this because it's it's rough, but I think this art style, this top down cartoony look at like Hyrule and the Zelda world, looks so much better than the Link's Awakening re boot that's coming out later this year i mean it doesn't take much a lot of people really like that and are really excited about that but this is it's a much simpler take it's a much more cartoony take Mm -hmm. but it looks 
more appropriate for the Legend of Zelda than something like that. So, cool. so I really like the art style, and I look forward to that. It should be awesome. So, yeah, that's about it. Nice. That's about it for the highlights. There was about five to ten other games announced, but we can't get into all of them because it's just so much stuff. And in 30 minutes, like you pointed out, this is so sad, in 30 minutes, not a mention of Spelunky. Rip. And more so, Spelunky 2. Yeah. I mean, we heard about that first about a year ago, and they haven't said much since. No. Um, as far as we know, it's still just coming to PlayStation. So. Yeah, it was at the Sony booth at PAX last year, so. yep. and that was it. Yep. There was just like one little station I'll of it. dust off my PS4 for it if I have to. Would I, you? Would you? I have to play Spelunky. Are you uh, kidding me? I mean, you or don't Spelunky have to. Too. You don't have to. That's one of my favorite games of all time. I gotta okay. play the sequel, okay. for sure. Well, that sounds super dope. I gotta ask yeah. you this, though. What's up? Is Dwarf Fortress coming to the Switch? No, but Dwarf Fortress is coming to something, it's right? Coming to Steam, it's coming to Steam. Which yeah. blows my mind. Like, Dwarf Fortress? Why? Uh, I, I've never heard of this game, so... Oh, man. So, Dwarf Fortress... Have you ever heard of uh, RimWorld? Mm, yes. So... RimWorld is uh, it's a game inspired by Dwarf Fortress mm-hmm. and it's just it it had an actual team that said okay well let's try and like make this a game for like commercial reasons as well as like we enjoy this type of game um, and so they went through all the hoops of getting it onto Steam and like making it a game that's that's playable that the people can jump into easily because Dwarf Fortress had like the biggest wall to entry because uh, it's it was. Uh, all ASCII graphics, right? Like no, no tile sets or anything. It was like literally the characters on the keyboard. Like that was the graphics. So it was indecipherable sometimes. Um, there were just like hundreds and hundreds of little tiny things about the game that you needed to know in order for anything to make sense and function. And then even once you could kind of read the map, uh, you're still like every single time you play, you're going to run into something, some problem that it makes the game like you can't go any further. And then you go and you spend three hours looking through the wiki until you find that there was one little tiny thing that you needed to do differently, but has now irreversibly uh, ruined your chances of getting this particular uh, dwarf fortress up and running. Sounds and it can take, it can take dozens of hours just to like get started. Are you going to play it? Oh, well, I have played it before. Oh, are um, you going to play it again? Yeah, because okay. on Steam, so I haven't played it in years, and yeah. there's been a lot of updates to make it significantly more playable in a lot of ways. Um, but it has a tile set, like a dedicated tile set. I don't have to go find uh, some fan-made uh, tile set that like works for most of the things, but then it hasn't quite been updated as much, so then there's still random stuff that it's random characters. Like mm-hmm. it's, it, it's graphical, which is, cool. it, it's huge. And that maybe that sounds dumb, but... Uh, it has graphics. But, yeah, for it, the first it time is. Ever. It's it's a, <laughs> I guess a foundational game for games of its genre of the like, uh, create a colony of something uh, where you don't have direct control over any of the individual characters. You just you say do this thing, and then characters will do that thing probably mm-hmm. if they want to. Cool, but they might not want to. So sometimes you'll say we need to dig out this thirty by thirty square you know, area and they'll say, cool, I'm going to go sleep and then I'm going to go try fish and then I'm going to get assaulted and killed by a carp in the river. Good old Fun. dwarves. Because, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very, it's very like roguelike in that sense. Cool. Well, Hey, uh, I guess we'll, uh, if you play it, let us know. Oh, yeah. I, I will. Do okay, it. Cool. I hey, will Zach. Yeah. Um, I, question. Basically what I'm trying to say is a question. Huh. What? Uh, do, do you have I, a question? Do I have a question? No, I have an answer. 
What? I haven't. <laughs> so, um, over while we were all talking. Wait, I, what about I, your question? I don't have a question. But he didn't give us the answer to last week's trivia. So. Okay, fine. Sounds like he's got that for us. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right, cool. All right. Uh, so I, we, I didn't have an answer in the beginning. So uh, the answer to what is the very first uh, Game of the Year award, and it is a Game of the Year award for Space Invaders on the arcade. And oh, okay. It, it was introduced by the Arcade Awards or the Arky Awards <laughs> in 19. Did someone say that? I think one mm. of us said that. It wasn't me. I don't think so. It was the Arcade Awards. I said Super Mario Brothers. Oh, I think I might have said Tetris. Yeah, yeah. So well, Space I came close. First cool. game of the year. And there, I mean, the, the, as, looking sense. through this, there's so many different uh, awards and, oh, of course. and organizations. And Any stuff, publication but. can give a game of the year. Of course. Award, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. It had to happen for the first time. Well, hey, else. if you were to have a question, what would it be? Doesn't help. Yikes. Scott, do you have anything you want to bring up before we end it? Uh, yeah, I didn't get to talk about any of my stories this week. Sorry. Thanks, guys. So sorry, Thanks man. for taking 30 I th- minutes I think of it's the appropriate time. that Google took most of the time. That was by far the biggest thing this week. So Disney acquiring Fox wasn't that big to you? Uh, we are. I mean, it's, it's old news. It's official now, but we talked about it. Or we didn't talk about it on the show. It's been talked about before. Oh, okay. That, right. that was all set into motion like four months ago, I think. And it was just fine. Whatever floats your boat, Britain. Whatever what does that have to do with video boat? games anyway, Scotty? So? Oh, okay. Um, I, apologize. I like it. Oh, it's fine. I, I apologize for not having a trivia question this week. We'll yeah. pick it up next week. Here, what if I come up with a question right now? That'd sure. be awesome. I've had it. Cool. Yep. Uh, what's something topical? Google. Yeah. When, uh, when did... Indies. What? Indie games. When, uh, when did Google acquire YouTube? Oh, okay. Uh, what? Oh I yeah, know. I guess that was the thing. Huh? I should I should know this. That was the thing. 2010. Two, yeah. Uh, 2009. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was, was a, I was about to guess 2010, but I'm not totally sure. So I'll just undercut me. Yeah. Dude, I want to say like 0506. Well, which is it? I would say 05. Say okay, 05. so yeah, I got 2010. Yeah. What did you say? 2009. 2009, yeah. And then you said 06? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, Scott, hey. you can guess too because you don't know. Uh, or do you know? Or do you? That's the question. That's the question. That's the question. <laughs> uh, I think it was acquired in... Um, I think it was acquired in uh, 2008. Okay. Okay. Cool. Because right. YouTube started, I believe, 2004, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And it didn't take long for... Um, YouTube to acquire it, or when, for Google, Google to acquire, acquire YouTube. When did Google take over the world? That's what I want to know. Uh, well, they're apparently already starting. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're working they're on They're starting to make dedicated everything for it. Yep. Well, hey, you know what? With that being said, guys, we will see you all next week. Yep. Uh, don't forget to check us out on the social medias at Video Game Pharmacy. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, YouTube, uh, Instagram, Instagram. Yeah, we start and we'll post things on Instagram, yep. uh, Twitch, all those things. Uh, check us out, Video Game Pharmacy. Tweet at us, uh, rate us on iTunes, uh, and just listen to the show. Doesn't matter where you just do <laughs> just, it. Just do it. Just do just it. Do it. Um, but anyway, as always, for me, Scott, Zach, yep. Dan, Yo, Britain. Hey guys. And we will see you guys next week. Yeah, we will. Thanks to NWCZ Radio. Yes, thank you to NWCZ Radio. Dot com. Dot com. I'm glad you you grabbed that before. Of course. Anyway, guys, we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye. The pharmacy is now closed.